and welcome to Brussels Sprouts. My name is Dan and you are listening to the UK's number one flexible working podcast. Probably, that's not definite. Don't, don't write that anywhere, that might not be true. Uh, today we are joined by the amazing Emma Selby from Signal. Welcome to the show, Emma. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me. Excited no, to be you're very here. welcome. Uh, we're very glad to have you on today, Emma. It's a real pleasure to finally speak to you. I'm looking forward to really learning more about Signal. Um, mm-hmm. What we love to do, uh, Emma, to start these things off, to really get to know you a little bit more and let the audience know who you are and uh, all the things that you've never told anyone before. We want to know those things, essentially. So <laughs> how does that sound? That sounds exciting. Let's go. <laughs> all right, I'm going to start a clock in my head. Right, okay. let's go. Uh, Emma, when you're not working, how do you like to spend your time? Um, well, what recently in the last year, I like to spend it at home with my family, <laughs> my cats, yeah. I play the piano, you know, I watch a bit of Netflix, read some books. <laughs> oh, you do a lot of stuff then. Oh, it's been a very busy year. <laughs> um, you mentioned books there, so my next question is, what are you currently reading? Ah, right, right, right now. I asked you not to ask me any difficult questions and here we are <laughs> straight away. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the book that I'm reading. It is, oh yes, it's called My Brilliant Friend. And it's by Neapolitan author Elena Ferranti. Oh, nice. How is it? Yeah, it's good. My sister lives in Naples and um, so I've spent a lot of time there. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really loving it. I've been meaning to read it for years, actually, um, or several years. So yeah, finally, finally cracked it open a couple of days ago. Fantastic. Like you said, no better time than during lockdown. That's right. Yes, I have read a lot of books in lockdown. I actually set myself up. You don't want me to chat on now, do you? This is a quick fire round. (laughs) There are no rules. There are no rules. Um, Good. (laughs) uh, Emma, what was the first concert you attended? The Alarm in the Hammersmith Apollo. (laughs) (laughs) Who's that then? I don't know who they are. (laughs) You can look it up afterwards. For all of the older listeners out there, The Alarm. We all remember The Alarm. 68 Guns Will Never Die. Hammersmith Apollo. Or Hammersmith Odeon, can't remember. Wow. I will do a quick Google then after the show. Yeah, um, do that. It's a good song. This is a, this follows on nicely. What is your favourite song of all time? Um well the one I've listened to most in lockdown is Jerusalem, which is that African kind of hip hoppy dance. It's also a bit of an internet trend, and I learned the flash dance to it also when I did a bit of a dance workshop in lockdown. So my favourite song of all time, possibly Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, good choice. I don't know the first one. Maybe I'm not um, that current. Oh, I need to be more yeah. current. Than... Well, I also said I wasn't going to sing on this podcast. So you're going to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tempted to ask you, but I'm not going to. Uh, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's not a very catchy tune for singing. It's, it's for dancing. It's definitely a kind of, it's an African beats. It's Yeah, it's very good. Have a listen. Delicious. Right then. What, this is a weird question. Who writes these? What's your favourite word? Oh, oh, I just got that thing from the singing detective, which you probably won't remember either. I said his favourite word was elbow. Mm. And I've always thought, yes, I get that. Totally. So elbow. 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 Yeah, it's fun to say. Fun um, to say, yeah. What was your first job? Um, oh, now which one? The very, very first one was in a bakery in Chiddingfold. Mm, nice. As I became assistant manager in a short space of months. Ooh, that's like uh, showing you how you'll mean to go on, I suppose, but ever progressing upwards. <laughs> that's right. Kind of got <laughs> absolutely nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. 
Um, I went straight on. I went to work in Moscow straight after that, and I got a part-time job with the Financial Times and then the BBC, which is slightly more elevated kinds of wow. professional, more aspirational jobs. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Emma, last question for you then. Uh, what is the best part of a Christmas dinner? <laughs> oh, I don't know. There's those little round things. I Maybe I can't remember their names. What are they called? Like mini cabbages? Mini cabbages, that's it, yeah. Mini cabbages. <laughs> Famously what we named our podcast after, Mini yeah. Cabbages. <laughs> Brussels sprouts. Woo! Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I think I know you now, Lowe's Banner. I think the uh, audience will know you too. Uh, some very interesting answers there. Um, and uh, what we like to move on to now, and I promise I'll say what we like to do, stop saying what we like to do now as we do this. Uh, Emma, is, give us your 30-second pitch for Signal, the, the thing that makes Signal unique to you. 30 seconds, I'll start the clock. Think of it like countdown, go. Okay, so Signal is a workspace provider that actually works with local businesses to set up and develop the spaces and the support that they need. Mm. As well as an office and co-working and meeting space, we also provide practical spaces and solutions for trades and manufacturers, which is more unusual. So for example, we have on-site a carpentry workshop, an upholstery workshop and a craft gin distillery. We also provide training and peer-to-peer -peer support and accountability sessions for our members every Friday mm. throughout the year. Um, and our mission is to make sure that every business has access to workspace where they can feel secure, supported, well connected and able to scale. And uh, we believe that no business should have to, nobody should build a business alone. I can't believe I just fluffed up my actual strap line at the end there. No <laughs> one should build a business alone. Hey. That was awesome. Uh, do you know what? It does sound like Signal's very, very unique. So uh, we'll come on to some of the questions, I guess, in a second. But there's some, some things there that there's a real community vibe to it that I'm getting a real sense of community you're really part of something you're helping people it seems like you know it's, it feels like you're helping people more than a business but obviously you're a business first and foremost but I do get the vibe that you're very much into supporting other businesses yeah well we I mean, we were a business support business long before we were a flexible workspace oh, operator okay. So for eight years um, prior to setting up Signal, I ran pop-up uh, business training hubs. So that's kind of the spirit of the business is there mm -hmm. in the kind of the community and the training. Um, the workspace came about at a later date because um, the because locally where we are, the regeneration company are building a new town centre and they specifically wanted me to help them attract small businesses to the area. And in return for that support, they, um, uh, gave me some buildings, oh, right, which yeah. I turned into office spaces and these other kinds of workspaces, the carpentry workshop that upholds me, you know, art studios and so on. Um, and then, so flexible workspace management became our thing, but it wasn't the first thing. The first thing was building the community. And in fact, we've carried that on as you know, what, how we do things. So we build the community first, we find the people first, and then we find the buildings. Hmm, that's curious. So, you know, kind of the reverse of they build it, they'll build it and they will come. <laughs> they'll come. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's it's kind of saying, look, if, if you want to build a community, a successful community, then if you bring people to work there, then you're going to have the other things thrive around it as well. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think if you have... Um, we have an online space, you know, as every business does these days, but our, our community is also very much online as well as offline. And I think that community online is, is how we attract people to our workspaces, the actual physical space that we sell. 
I see, I see. Emma, how important then, uh, I guess we've talked about a little bit already, but how important is building and fostering a community within a workspace, flex-based type environment? And what would you say the best ways are to do this? Uh, I mean, I think it's it's critical. Business, for us, it's business critical. I mean, the, the, the reason that everybody stayed in their offices throughout lockdown was because of the community that we had built. The reason that people stayed within our business training community and so we continue to get our revenues from that was because of the community that we've built. And I think any business that doesn't start by building a community out of its customers is, is making an, a mistake. Um, the best ways of building community. So obviously we build communities online on things like Facebook, specific niche Facebook yeah. groups. Um, but I think our, the thing that we do to build community more than anything else is run events now. Yeah. Those are all online at the moment, but for the first three years of the business, we ran in the house events, business training and community networking events every week, sometimes yeah. more than once a week. And and that was how we brought people in oh. and, and created that community. And also it's more than that, because it's more than just bringing people in. You have to have community managers, talented community managers who are able to you know, connect people, spot the synergies, put yeah opportunities in front of the right people, get businesses together that should be talking and that sort of thing. One of the things, it seems like you do loads of events and obviously loads of online events and real world events before that. How do you, like, is it hard to manage all of those events? It just seems like um, a lot of businesses like yourself and I, I see doing, are always putting on all these amazing events. Whenever I do an event, it takes me forever to, to arrange it, to organise it, <laughs> whatever, it's so hard. Like, how do you, what's your secret to making events work? Uh, to hire somebody who's really good at events management. <laughs> so we have our community manager, Lou, well, all of the team are very good at events, but we have uh, Louise, who's our community manager, and she came from an events background, so. There you go, there you go. I'll, st I'll stop trying to do everything myself. It's the answer to everything, isn't it? <laughs> um, Emma, you mentioned it a little bit, but Signal Workbench, and the, the other sort of, is atypical the right word? Atypical work, uh, versions of uh, sort of workspaces. What's the, like the art studio and things like that? What's the motivation behind this? And it's not something I've seen before, really. So I'm, I'm really interested to learn about what, how you came about doing that. Well, I think what I, I believe really strongly that workspace should be aligned to the people in the town. So more of a kind of a bottom up approach. So it was a question of finding out what space was needed and what mm -hmm. kinds of businesses were actually in the area and then designing and developing space that suited their needs. So it's kind of a kind of demand first approach. Yeah, really. that makes sense. So um, when we we did quite a lot of research when we first moved uh, into this this business opportunity in Borden and we so we knew that there was predominantly that business in Borden where we are is predominantly trade and construction based um, and that a lot of that was in uh, carpentry. So uh we decided to develop a workspace that would suit businesses in that sector which obviously makes perfect sense but people don't often think of it that way around and we and to be fair we had the opportunity to do this because we've been given space so it wasn't like we were paying we, we were able to experiment a little bit at this stage of the business um, which i know lots of people can't do but we you know so we opened this workshop more or less on a hunch and yeah. we'd seen something in east london in walthamstow as part of a regeneration there called building blocks okay. um 
which we went to visit a couple of times, were really impressed by. And it's a big, it's like a huge co-working space for trades and people can come in the higher benches by the day or by the week. Um, it's really busy and it's vibrant and it supported this lovely cafe and shop. And I thought, oh, that's definitely 100% what Borden needs. So we started up our little one. It was full within weeks. Yeah. Um, and we have really been working ever since to get the right space to, to move this out into a much bigger premises. That seems like such a unique offering and something that I've just not come across that much. Obviously, you mentioned the other one there, but I imagine that's something that other people may start to do it, doing now. Or it seems like there's such opportunity for that around the country and untapped uh, potential. I think so, and I, I hope people do and um, you know do pay attention and have a look at this model. And um, we're going to try and make it work on a bigger scale um, in Borden. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I'll, I'll obviously share with you at a later date how that works out. Yeah. But I do think that it's very difficult for manufacturing businesses who have a lot of heavy or need heavy or expensive or large machinery and uh, workshop space to afford all of that space where you can house all that machinery on your own at the beginning of a business journey. It's really difficult. But obviously things like CNC routers sorry, take up huge amounts of space. If you're paying per square foot for all of that space, it's just it's just expensive. The overhead is very heavy, it's risky. So what we can do is take a big workshop, put one machine that you know six or ten businesses can share. So they share the overhead of the machine, that they're not spending the money on the space, they're only buying the space that they have. And uh, yeah, so it's a kind of much more affordable model for small manufacturing businesses to get that foot on the commercial space ladder. Wicked. I love it. I love it. Um, Emma, what do you think the big opportunities are for the flex based businesses now coming off the back of the pandemic? Is it this a good time or a bad time? Or a bit, no, it's a great time. It's, it's a great time. It's an exciting time. It's a big shake up. The whole of the commercial space sector is being just literally shaken by its tail. I mean, it's just there's um, obviously there's a lot of high street space becoming available. Um, Retail is moving online, so I think there's a real opportunity for flexible workspace to move into what was formerly retail space. Um, there's a lot of opportunities there. It's really interesting to have this kind of work near home um, environment available in your local high street. So I know, yeah, it's becoming more common. But I think we're going to see a lot of that going into 2022. Um, there's the hub and spoke opportunity. I know people have spoken about this before on your podcast, actually, but so we live quite near Aldershot, which is one of the spaces that's been identified as really being in need of more flexible co-working space mm. because there are so many employees of large finance and pharma corporates in London who live there but mm. aren't going to be travelling into London. Um, so I'm sure that's true of a lot of a lot of regional towns. So it's all going to be about the regions. It's all going to be about the suburbs. Um, so I'm really excited about yeah how things are going to pan out but I think for us um for Signal we're not going to be particularly taking advantage of any of those opportunities because our opportunities lie in the fact that there's a new town centre being built in Borden and we've got um two 5,000 square feet premises coming on stream there in the next two years and a couple of other places opening up for us locally as well so independently of the pandemic we've got quite a big time opening up in front of us. That's really interesting. You sort of touched on it there with the retail piece. Do you think, um, obviously you hear all this chat around, uh, you know, uh, the high street dying and stuff like that. I don't know the stats around that or if it is in fact true, but do you think um, opening up some of those uh, areas and uh, I guess 
places for flexible working will then reignite those areas again to then uh, reignite the high street. Well, I think that's 100% the opportunity. I and mean, if you take um, someone like Aldershot, which has a train station just 45 minutes from London, so a lot of people live there who used to work in London. Um, so if they're now hoping to work near from home, which I understand, you know, at least 50% of the workforce do want to continue with this um, working near from home, if not at home um, trend, then somewhere like Aldershot, whose town centre has been very... Um, neglected over the last 10 years, I would say. What a great opportunity to open up a huge commercial uh, co-working space there. And then around that, you know, maybe the, the maker type businesses and mini workshops, you know, cafes, obviously, um, food stores and all of all of those employees instead of will be spending money in these regional towns. So there must be a lot of other towns like that who have very um, neglected town centres that could suddenly have a complete regeneration just with people working there all day and shopping there and you know having their entertainment there in the evenings I guess as well. Yeah that, that's something that one of my guests actually said uh, a couple of weeks back as well is that uh, when you start reigniting these high streets you um, stop the money going into central London all the money going mm-hmm. into when you're on your lunch spending all your you know your lunch money uh, in London, all your cash goes straight into the capital, whereas it, you know, you leave your, like you say, surrounding suburbs, and they're all just not getting any of your hard-earned cash. But that's where you live. That's what needs the money, you know. Well, that's right. So I think that will be the change. I think for yes, any any kind of um, street food type um, businesses, so there's a huge opportunity. Coffee vans, mm. that kind of thing. Interesting. Mm. Um, Emma, you provide a lot of marketing support and uh, according to your website, lots of different training schemes. Um, how valuable are these uh, initiatives for your members? Um, what else would you do if you could? Uh, it sounds like doing everything. It's but... like three questions. Oh, no, I know, <laughs> don't ask what else I would do if I could. The whole team would be like, no, nothing else. <laughs> so I've got a whole list of things that I really want to start. But the, I think my job right now is to consolidate what we've already got going on. Um, but... Yeah, so what was the first part of that question again? Marketing support and different training oh, yeah. Well, so we started a couple of new um, revenue streams and a couple of new services in, you know, May, in May 2020 because of the, we were worried that we were going to lose our, our rents and our, our more traditional kinds of income. Um, so we set up a marketing agency online for our existing customers and we also set up something called my town online which is like um, basically what it sounds like an online shopping experience for local businesses um, so oh. those are very new services and so in terms of value they've started off really well but I, I can't tell you much about them at the moment because they're in their very early stages yeah. the business training is pretty much at the core of everything that we do and it's incredibly valuable we know that businesses succeed seeds um, where they have training and and you know, businesses that have training are much more likely to do well and survive and obviously the business failure rate is so high in this country that um, yeah everything that we can do for small businesses to help them become successful is is hugely valuable and the business hub which is the uh, business training provider is yeah, it's a really popular service I kept people going through the pandemic as well because it was it, they, all of our members are kind of united by by community. They're united online. You know, they have places where they can chat online, and they really kept each other going through through the last twelve months. So, um, 
yeah, I would say that side of what we do is, is the most, the single most important thing that we do is providing the business training. Uh, and there's a lot of uptake, is there, you say, from your members with using those services. They like it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, they do. And they're very loyal. Once they stay, once they're in, they tend to stay for a very, very long time as well. Yeah, I guess it makes total sense because if you if you help them uh, maintain and grow their business, then they ha- they need somewhere to work, which works for you guys because they work at your space. So it's actually a really nice uh, model there you've got going. Yeah, so it's like it's like an ecosystem. Every yeah. every service feeds another service, and so on. And I think people can come in, and it's sort of a one stop shop, so they can come in and get the the flexible space. Um, as well as the training and support to help them fill that space and and then perhaps grow on and go to a, a bigger space elsewhere. I like that ecosystem ecosystem vibe. I've, I've seen from some uh, co-working, sorry, flexible working spaces where um, sometimes they'll all use each other for their services. So they'll all just be like passing uh, revenue about basically to each person and keeping the whole thing going. It's really a self-sustained um, pop pocket of businesses in the community yes I know I mean, that's what's so wonderful about working in in this in this business so everybody so our job is to make sure that every business knows every other business not just on a kind of commercial basis but on a like a, sort of an actual have an actual relationship with all the other businesses and uh, the, the the business hub community that we have is open to everybody it's not just open to people that have office space or desk space with us it's quite a large community um, and like I said, we have community managers whose job it is to make sure that all the right people are speaking to each other. And during the pandemic, we had so many interesting collaborations between businesses. Mm. And uh, so we had, for example, we have engineers who speci- specialise in lubricants and they have an office or a space next to the gin distillery. And the two of them got together and created hand sanitizer with the oh, yeah. and the gin and so so that sort of thing um happens all the time in our community and it's just it's absolutely great to see so many people working together and yeah it's one of my favorite things about our working environment you wouldn't have seen those two I, i've heard about actually I, you wouldn't have seen those, those two hooking up before i suppose no, no reason for that to happen no maybe for a drink but yeah <laughs> yeah maybe for a drink um Emma, how can a workspace best support its local area and businesses and, and should it? You know, is that is that the side of a good uh, flexible workspace, would you well, say? Certainly we do. I mean, um, we work alongside the regeneration company. So we have a very specific mission to support um, the growth of, of the town, you know, the, the successful development of the new town centre and so on. But I think um, the, the way that workspaces should perhaps become involved in their communities I mean, they should because if they do they can present opportunities to the people to their customers so the small businesses that take space with them they can put opportunities in front of them that they know about because they've done their their homework and uh, they've connected to the wider town so what we do is we make sure that we have really good relationships and partnerships with uh, the local authorities with other workspace providers in the town with other stakeholders town council and so on so that yeah so we just make it our business to know everything that's going on in the town so that we can make sure that all of our customers know everything that's going on in the town because that way we make sure they get all the business opportunities they need um, to thrive so i think that's you can also help the town by putting the businesses in front of of them to help them so yeah there's a there's a wider job of making all your business uh, owners are in touch with everybody in the town. 
I see. I see. Emma, I believe, I think, right, I, and I, this is a hunch, I reckon you're going to be the mayor of this town and, like, give it a couple of years. You're going to be the <laughs> top, top, absolute running this, running this show, I think, from what I'm getting here. How do you feel about that? Well, being the mayor, that's, that's, the mayor's not, well, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've had, <laughs> I know them, I've known successive mayors of Borden. Had, uh, they often come to our, our dues and we have drinks with them and it's very jolly. Oh. Um but yes, I, I think um, I'm going to be far too busy running this business <laughs> to get involved with local government just yet. It's All I'm team. saying is that they should be looking over their shoulders. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> They're all doing a very good job. <laughs> I, just, I, I want a scoop, Emma. I want a scoop, a real scoop. <laughs> uh, fact, the leader of the town council um, is one of our hub members because he also runs an accountancy business. So. Yeah. So, so we have those connections, which are great. They really help us do our job well in the town. It sounds like an awesome community that you're building. Um, Emma, thank you for that. Let me, we, we like to finish on a uh, our favourite part of the episode, and the most important part, actually, because uh, it really shows someone's real character when they get this right. So, Emma, <laughs> please make us all laugh. Like tell us, <laughs> yeah, tell us your work, <laughs> your best workplace joke. Okay, well, this is actually a co-working joke, right? Yeah. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so young hipster working away in a co-working space, feels the need for a coffee, heads down to the kitchen, goes past the community manager into the kitchen, sees a load of you know mason jars along on the windowsill full of granola and you know clear seeds and that, that kind of hipstery breakfast stuff okay. and he's just walking past to get to the barista machine and um, one of the granola jars shouts out to him Hey, dude, you're looking awesome today. Like your hat. And he's like, okay, that's weird. So he goes back out to the community manager and he says, that granola jar just spoke to me, told me I look great. And she went, yeah, all our breakfast cereals are complimentary. <laughs> that's wicked. I made you laugh. I made you laugh. I'm <laughs> going the way that I thought it was going to go. I thought you've really set me up there for something else and got a, a, a turn left at the last minute. Did I? <laughs> I thought you were going to go with um, he was too cool. The coffee. He was too cool for the coffee or something. You know? Ah, no. But there was another version. But I'm not. I'm. I'm just going to. You know. <laughs> I'm going to quit oh, while I'm ahead. I love that. That's going to be a clip. I'm sending that out to everyone in, in just in one oh, minute's time. That's that's, that's great. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on Brussels Sprouts today. It's been really interesting to hear about uh, Signal. And I think you've got a really uh, wonderful business model. And it sounds like you're doing wonders for Borden. It sounds like uh, it's going to be a, it's, it's growing and it's going to be great. And you did a great service for everyone there. Got some great businesses there. That's for sure. It's really, really transforming space. All the Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you for coming on the show, Matt. Have you enjoyed yourself? I have. Thank you. I'm just so relieved to have the joke out of the way. I've literally been lying awake <laughs> at night trying to work that one out. <laughs> it was beautifully told. Uh, thank, thank, thank you so much for coming on. Thank everybody. Thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Brussels Sprouts. Please remember to like, share and subscribe. And you can find it on all of your available streaming platforms. Brussels Sprouts. <laughs>